The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Father, we thank you that you are the awesome God. We thank you that you are over every situation. We thank you that even in this season of busyness, when things pressurize us, finances come against us, Jesus, you are over all. And we want to get our lives centered on you. We want to get our hearts focused on you, that you can lead us, that you can guide us, that you can help us. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, let your peace rain down over our lives. Let the confidence of the fact that God is over all come to each of our hearts, that we may trust you and that we may know your peace and your guidance through this time. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've been here over the last few weeks, or if you haven't been here, we have been looking at a series which we're going to come to the end of this week. And that's a series where we've been looking at being BTC. Uh, And it's about who we are, and it's about the fact of who we want to be, who we want to become. It's all of those things, and it's looking not just to us, but at the idea of, well, actually, what is church? Because we are a church, and we're part of the church worldwide. So what is church? And we've seen many different things. We've seen what God's intention is for the church. We've looked at the fact of why do we meet on Sundays. We've looked at the fact that God wants his church to be a house of prayer for all nations, a place where people do come and do pray and seek his face. We've also asked the question, well, hang on a second, I come along on a Sunday. What's my role in all of this? What do I do? Where do I fit in? And we've looked at that, and even we started our Connect class as well for people to find out more about what it is to be in membership or be part of this church here. We've looked at reaching other people. That's part of who we are as a church. It is that we might reach out to other people, to see other people know the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ, which we can proclaim today and any day, is that you know that you have done things wrong. You know within yourself there have been times of guilt and shame when you know that was not right. And sometimes you've known that in the secrecy of your own bedroom, under the covers, hidden away, or somewhere where you want to be private because you felt the pressure of that. You know that you've done wrong. That is sin before Almighty God. And it separates us from Him. And you know what? We are lost in our trespasses and sins until we realize that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to save us from the punishment that we deserve because we have done wrong. You know that when you do things wrong, there needs to be a punishment against that. It's not right. If people murder, we put them in jail. Why? Because they they need to accept there's something wrong here. They've got to stand up for what they've done wrong. And God being a holy God is in that place. He has a people who he loves. And yet he has a people who are in enmity against him. But he acts by sending his son Jesus Christ to come and forgive our sins. 
nothing we can do. You can't go back in time and say, okay, I'm going to make the different decisions. We have to face up to the fact of, I have sinned before God. And therefore I am lost. But Jesus has come to rescue me. Jesus has come to set me free. And he takes me out of darkness. He takes me from a place of unforgiveness to a place of forgiveness. And he helps me to live my life so that I might please God. This is the good news. This is why we come to church. Often we sit around and we think like we've done God a favor by arriving at church. When really we should be in church to say, God, you have done us a favor by giving us salvation and freedom from our sins. Who else could have rescued us but you? You alone have saved us. And we are here to say thank you. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. We want to reach others with the good news. Because Jesus saves. He saved yesterday. He is saving today. And he will continue to save until he comes back to rescue us all. And to take us to be with himself. And we've been looking, and we started looking at this last week, about the Bible. About what it says and how, it, how we can receive it. In fact, there were two things we were looking at last week. One of them I got to talk about, which I'll recap briefly, and then I'll finish off with the other today. What do we say about the Bible? What do we say? Not only as a church, but as individuals. What are we saying that this Bible is, this book is? What do we say? Last week we looked at that question and we said this. We believe that the Bible, the Bible is God's truth. We believe that this is God's foundational truth, absolute truth. If you want to know how to live your life right before God, you need this book. And you need not just to have it on your shelf or under your pillow, because it doesn't subliminally come into you. You need to open it and read it. Because there's the words here, the instruction of God for us, his people. It is foundational. I use that word. It is foundational because all of life and society will function best when it is centered and built upon the word of God. Now, of course, many of our laws of our nation, many of the nations around the world, they are established because people have read this book and they have seen what was written in here and they've tried to say, right, okay, let's bring that into the laws of the country in which we live in. And the United Kingdom is very much one of those countries, although things are being changed and things are shifting around. But what we're saying is that the Bible is truth. Do you want to know how to live your life? Do you want to know how to get the best out of life? Then this book is what you need. You know, you see adverts on TV that are telling you what you need to have for your hair. Obviously, I ignore those ones. But, they, you know, if you have this, it's going to be the glossiest, the shiniest. You're not going to have any dandruff. Or all of those things they're telling you because this is what you need if you want to get that result. And we're sitting there and we're taking that all in. We're receiving that. We're saying, all right, now I must go and buy that makeup. If I get that makeup, then I'm gonna, this is going to happen to me. If I have that deodorant, this is going to happen to me because of what the adverts are saying. Well, here's an advert. It's not just an advert. If you want to know how to live your life, if you want to know transformation in your life, if you want to know the power of God in your life, this book will transform you. That's it. But as I say, there's no point in just buying it and saying, I've got it. Great. I've got that. We have to come to it and we have to take hold of it and we have to read it. You see, there's something very strange. This is not just a book. 
Now, I've read books, not all of them. You know, there's top 10 of this, you should read this. These are the books you should read before you actually pass away. You know, things like Hamlet by William Shakespeare, you should read that. I don't know, Catcher in the Rye, you should read that. You know, Jane Eyre, you should read that because of its literous qualities. You read those books, you understand the characters, you understand the story. You now become, oh, I know about those books. But they're just books, they're stories. You can say, well, this is just a book. No, but this is different, you see. This book is living and active. That's how it describes itself. It is living and active. There's something in here more than just words on paper. There's the spirit of the living God that is contained in here that comes to you where you are to bring transformation to your life. Because God is real and he wants his truth to be known to you so that it can impact and transform your life. He is light. And we all know what light does in dark places. It changes it. It changes it completely. When you switch the lights on, you can see. If you're in darkness, you're fumbling around. Jesus is the light of the world. And he has come to bring his light And it's almost like if you open this and you read it, that light is starting to come into you. You know, my testimony is this. And I know for a fact that I'm way away from what we were going to say. But that doesn't really matter. Also, connecting myself to to the lectern in a dangerous way. My testimony is this. I used to read the Bible because you're told to. I mean, let's face facts. If we had our hands up in church, you're like, is the Bible important? Yeah, yeah. Do we read the Bible? Yay. You know, it doesn't quite go as high because we read bits of it. And I used to read bits of it, particularly the New Testament. Because I was in a church and I was a believer and the New Testament is all about Jesus. And so I'd read the New Testament. I'd read the, the, the letters of Paul. I'd read the Gospels. I'd read those things. And you know what? There are f- nice bits that we like. Do you have that? Your favorite bits. You know, the bit? oh, I like that bit. I'll turn to it. I was like that, and I used to read those nice bits, and do you know what? That's reading the Bible, part of the Bible, and you will receive life from that. Because I say, this isn't just a book, it's a living book, and it speaks to us. So there's life that can come to you from those passages. But then it was back in 2006, we had a guy called John Belindi, who was a pastor from Uganda, who had, I'd been out to Uganda and had my life transformed by their churches, And he came and he was coming over here to preach here, in actual fact. And he was staying at our house. And so it was one of those times when he was there, I always wanted to ask him questions. Because I'm always interested in how can we advance in our Christian faith? How can we, it's not just advance in the Christian faith. That's not really, how do we know God and the reality of God? How can I know that he is there, that I can latch hold of him? That is the questions that are burning in my heart. And I was asking him these questions. Anyway, the conversation went on, and he talked about the Bible. And he said, well, you need to read the Bible. And I said, well, I do read the Bible. Well, what do you mean by it? Well, this is what we do. And he started to say, well, we read, but we're encouraging our people in Uganda to read five chapters a day, 10 chapters a day, 15, 20 chapters a day. And I go, like, what? But when you're hungry and you want to know more, I was just receiving that, okay, this is what I need to do. So I started to read 10 chapters a day. And I've continued that. And how do you read it? Well, you start at Genesis and you read right through. Genesis to Revelation. And when you get to the end of the book, rather than saying, I've read that book, you go back to Genesis and you start again. 
You go back to the beginning so that you can take hold of what is here and make it known to yourself. You can receive it into you. So as I'm listening to John, I say, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I started to read. Now, as I say, this is back in 2006. Now, since that time, I know that I've read the Bible, I don't know, at least 30 times. But you know what? It's nothing to do with how many times I've read it. That's an irrelevance. It's what has happened since doing it. That's the importance. It's not how many times I've read it through. I would like to say I continue to read it and read it. What I want is I want that power that is in that book, the life and the light of Jesus that is contained in here to come into me to transform me so that I might know him better and that by interacting with others, they might see Jesus in me. Please, that's what I want. As I started to read this, so now, what are we, 15 years later? What happened? Do you know what? I don't know what happened, but over that 15 years, and over that process of simply reading, I now understand the history of this book. I now understand how it connects together. I now understand the story within the story. And suddenly, and I don't know how this happened, many of these scriptures are written on the inside of me in a way that I didn't go around learning them. It's just that they've been starting to be written inside of me, almost without my knowing it. It's just happened. Why? Because this book isn't just a book. This book is the life of God. It's the light of God. And we have to read it to be able to receive that. Now, I'm just going to try to get back into some form of where we were. So, what do we say about the Bible? We say this. It's God's truth. It's God's truth. So many things. Some of those adverts I talk about. You know what we do with adverts? We receive them, perhaps we enjoy them, or we judge them. I don't like that one. I do like this one. That makes me amused. This, you know, that sort of thing happens with adverts. But there's something about it. We often just discount them. Well, they're not telling the truth anyway. It's only partial truth. My life isn't really going to become like that by buying that deodorant. That's, that's rubbish. But we still hope. This is truth, as in what he says will come to pass. There's a difference there. And when we're going through life with all of its ups and downs, its challenges and its changes, we want to find something that is steadfast, something that is a rock, something that we can anchor ourselves on. And that's what this book does. It becomes an anchor. It becomes truth. So that's what we're saying about the Bible. But what does the Bible say about itself? What's in here that talks about this book? 2 Timothy it says that it's all God-inspired. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed. I'll repeat that. All Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, even the bits we don't understand, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness... So that the servant of God, or we could say, so that the person who is reading it may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
That's what it says about itself. Now, we know that there are different writers. You can look in here and you can find the people who have written like Moses, David, Jeremiah, Matthew, Paul, just to name some of them, that have been writing their books or their letters and they're found in the Bible. But they all have one thing in common. And the thing they have in common is this. Their hearts, their minds were guided by the Holy Spirit. And so they wrote down the things that the Holy Spirit, that God wanted them to write down. So what Scripture says of itself, it tells us that all of this book, yes, written by different people, yes, in different uh, styles of writing, yes, at different ages across history, all of that is true. But it's also true to say this, they were all inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, to write down what they wrote down. This is therefore breathed of God. He's breathed into them that they have written down. So what he wanted to be said has been said. So what he wanted to reveal of himself has been revealed through their writings that have been collected together in this, the most remarkable of books. You know, in terms of its historicity, in terms of, and that's a long word, actually, just to come out like that. In terms of its historicity and all of the, the facts and the, all of the old documents, this is the most attested piece of writing that there is. There's many other writers like, I don't know, Plato or Homer, ancient writers where they've collected all the manuscripts together. The Bible has the most manuscripts. Archaeology, there's things in here which people have said, well, that's not true. Different uh, rulers, uh, I mean, Pontius Pilate being an example. We read about Pontius Pilate in the Bible, but pff, his, historical evidence from no, no person. That is until on an archaeological find, they find on a piece of stone an inscription to Pontius Pilate. And then they say, oh, okay, perhaps he was real then. You see, this is true. Sometimes we don't have the factual evidence to come by it or to prove it at this moment in time, but those things come out as time goes on. This book is truth, and this book will change you. It says that it's God-inspired. All Scripture is breathed by God, and as we receive it, then we are receiving the word that God wants to bring to us. Secondly, the Bible says that it is a sword, and it has the effect of a sword. Paul, when writing about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, he says this, Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And of course, we're all aware of the dangers of a sharp sword. You know, you don't really have a sharp knife, or in this case, a sharp sword that you're wheeling around. If you're seeing somebody doing this with a sword, you say, for goodness sake, put it down. You get them somewhere like, get them away from us. That's too dangerous because you know what it will do. We know that a sword can damage, can cut, can kill. The Word of God is like a sword. It can pierce into our hearts. It can reap havoc on the enemy. And that's why we want to use it. And we do see Jesus, when he was tempted by Satan, what do we see him doing? We see him taking the word of God and using it. It is written, he said to the enemy. The enemy is saying this, you can do this. No, no, it is written like this. And he's using the word of God as a weapon against the enemy. And we need to do the same. The writer to the Hebrews 
also shows us that the word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active. There are, that describes what this book is like. Living and active. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Penetrating even as far as the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Sometimes we think we know what is right. And then as we start reading God's perspective, we find like, whoa, this is different to what I'm thinking. We find that the word of God pierces us. It's like, whoa, that, that, that challenges me. That makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel like I need to change. That type of experience can come to us because that is the power that the word of God has. It's like a sword is going into you. It can divide. It can separate. And it can show us what is true. It can show us the thoughts and intentions of our heart. So the Bible is like a sword and it behaves like a sword. Thirdly, the Bible says this, if you read and study it, you will know truth. If you read and study it, you will know the truth, I should say. John 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, that is, if you stay, if you remain, if you continue to keep staying in my word, continue in the scriptures, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. There are many things that bind us in our lives. They can be things like drugs or drink. You know, actual things that can have an effect upon us that we find it difficult to get away from. But they might be challenges about how we perceive ourselves. We might be full of insecurities. Not being able to really blossom and grow. The Word of God has the ability... As we see the truth and as we understand, for instance, in terms of insecurities, when we start to understand that actually God really does love us, when that truth starts to come to us and we recognize that he has given everything to rescue us, you know what? It starts to change us. It starts to challenge us. But as that truth comes into us, it also starts to free us. I don't need to be insecure. If God is for me... Who can be against me? That type of feeling, that strength, that truth can come and release us. And Jesus taught this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak not on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. God breathed upon the people who wrote this. So they wrote under his inspiration, under his guidance, and this book is living and active and filled with the knowledge of God. So as we're reading those words, the Holy Spirit, the truth of God, is coming into us, and that spirit can guide us into all that is true. You want to be released from the bondage of darkness, you need to come to Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no one else except Jesus Christ. And this is his word and the word that talks about him. You know, when reading the Bible, you receive God's truth and that will set you free. It will release you from corrupt thinking, from deception. And those are the things that the enemy wants to hold us in. So it's a good thing.
A great question is raised in here in Psalm, Psalm 119, which is a good one for us all to ask. Psalm 119 verse 9 says this, How can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young woman keep her way pure? And then it goes on to say in verse 11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. How can we keep our way pure? I can remember as a, a younger man, and that's, that did happen, before I was married at home, starting in part of the youth group, we'd go and we'd read a bit of the Bible and we'd try to understand it and I'm starting to learn it. And I came across this scripture. How can a young man, that's me, how can I keep my life pure? How can I keep my life pure? By guarding it according to your word. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And all the psalmist is saying is, listen, if you can get this, if you can read this book, if you can digest this book, it will keep you from sinning. It will take you away from what is evil. It will enable you to live an upright life. Is it any surprise that later on in that psalm, Psalm 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. If you go out running at night at the moment, especially, you know, like you can trip up because it's just not light enough. It's like that in our lives. If we want to have light to walk by, we need the Word of God. Okay, so what do we say about the Bible? We say that it is truth. What does the Bible say about itself? It is also declaring the truth that it is and how it can change our lives. What do we gain by reading the Bible? We gain understanding, we gain cleansing, we gain stability. We gain understanding because as we read it, we start to see the story of God. You see, my testimony for myself was that as I started to read it, not just little bits. You know, like we can have a, a, a daily pattern of reading some notes where you've got a scripture and they've got a bit of a description about what that scripture means. Forgive me because I am going to knock that a little bit right now. So forgive me for that. That is just not enough. It's a part of God's word. And it will help you. And the, the, the teaching they bring around it will encourage you. So it, it does have help. But if you want to receive it, you've got to start drinking. Or in this case, reading. You read it. You need to have more of it. What we're trying to do is we're trying to live our lives in human strength. Uh, that's the problem. It's not possible to live a life that is glowing with God and growing with God without receiving God to help us. We're not supposed to be doing this life by ourselves and giving a little attachment to God. We're supposed to be attached to God because he knows how we should live life. And it is by giving ourselves to the Bible by saying, okay, I'm going to let this help me. Putting it above us. Not trying to stand over it. Does that make sense? We're saying, like, actually, I don't know how to live my life. Right, okay. Now, for the cameras, that's obviously going to look a bit strange, but there's that sense of coming under the Word of God. I'm allowing it to speak to me. When I started to do that, without my knowledge, without my expectation, God is doing something in me. Now, I know those around me will say, well, look, there's a lot further to go, and there is. None of us will reach perfection until the time that Jesus comes and makes us perfect. We're a work in progress. 
But I know this, I am calmer. I am more stable. I don't want to, I, I need somebody else to say something else. I can't talk about myself like that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I have gained understanding. These things will happen. I am nobody special. What he's done for me, he wants to do for you. Can you hear that? We lift up other people above ourselves and we look at other people and we hope we could be like them. Let me say like this, when it comes to God, everybody, he's a child of his. He loves everyone the same and he wants to make himself known to you. So whatever position you're placing yourself in in life, I want you to know this, this book can transform your life. As you read it, you will gain understanding. As you read it, you will gain cleansing. Because it says that the word washes. It has that effect. We know what it's like to go and have a shower where you're standing under the shower and you've got that warm water going. You can use the shower gel and you can clean yourself up. You can go in dirty. You can come out cleansed. The word of God has that effect. There are things that we've all done which we say, like, Lord, I wish I'd never done that. In his mercy, the blood of Jesus forgives us for our sins. And we get washed as we read his word. As we start to understand what he has done for us, that cleansing comes upon our life. Do you feel unclean? You need to come to God to find salvation. And you need to get into his word that your life may be washed and that you may be cleansed. And as we read this, not only do we have that understanding and that cleansing, we gain a stability. I talked about the fact that it's foundational truth. And it's something that we can stand on. It becomes a firm ground that we are standing on. I'm no longer standing on shaking sand. It's not that everything's shifting. It's that I'm now standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. And his word has become a foundation for me to live on. We gain stability by coming to his word. Let me just say, but not reading his word means we're denying these things, the opportunity for these things. By not reading his word, we're denying the power and the influences that the Bible can have, the cleansing, the, the life that it can bring. We deny that. And so we want to open ourselves up and to receive from him. Fourthly, how can we approach the Bible? I've been talking about what it does. How can we get hold of it? Okay, just do what I did. Just say, I'm making a decision. I'm going to start reading it. Now, you know, you, 10 chapters a day is probably not the best thing to start at. I would say that, okay. Start somewhere. But this is the... Start with this objective. Every day I will seek you. Start with that. Every day. Not once a week. Not when I've got a moment. Every day. This word is living. This word brings life. So when we... Look, I, I've got to change my mindset. I need him. So much other stuff. I need him. Okay, I'll give him time. Every day I will seek you, is what the psalmist says. And every day we want to seek him through the word of God. So how do we start? Get hold of it. Give yourself every day to it and allow it to speak to you. And just allow it to increase. That's it. What if I come to a bit that I don't find I understand? Just read it. Stop putting yourself above God. And just learn to let that happen. 
Let God take control. I don't understand it. I was reading through some stuff today. So where was I? I was at the uh, Leviticus, just going into Leviticus. Hmm. Just reading through the end of Exodus about all that stuff, about making the temp- tabernacle and curtains and poles and stuff like that. God, I'm not quite sure what's all this about. It's not very interesting. was going through my mind. Just read it. Allow him to have his authority over our lives. Let him speak into your life. And let God be God for once. And allow him to take control. So when there's bits you don't understand, just keep going. In time, you will find that God will suddenly highlight something to you. Or something will come back to you. I remember when. Now I have greater understanding. It takes time. You don't send your child to nursery school or then the first day at at big school and expect them to have a university degree. You don't. So can we please just allow God to teach us and train us and lead us forward? So what am I saying? How do we approach the Bible? Just get hold of it. Start reading it. Don't worry about understanding or not understanding. Let God be God and allow him who has written it write it on you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.